Hello and welcome to the Mickey Mike Show. I'm your host, Mickey DiStefano, joined by my co-host, Brandon Cameron. Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome, everybody. Uh, we're going to hope to get back to doing weekly pods, just the two of us, obviously, Nathan, away in Vancouver, which is why we kind of stopped doing them. But now, Brandon, he stepped up to the plate and he's willing to go in and do it weekly. What's going on, buddy? Hey, nothing much, man. You guys can just call me the new Nathan if you'd like as well. I, I would really appreciate that. The new Nathan. The new Nathan. I I, you know what? It's phonetic. It's phonetic, you know? Sounds I don't, good. I don't know if he'd like that. He doesn't like that? I don't know. I don't know if he'd like that. I don't know. Why wouldn't he like that? It's kind of a it's kind of a little toot, toot in his horn. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, uh, man, a lot of big news going around in the NHL. A lot of very controversial things happening. Yeah. Uh, so we'll certainly get to that. I mean, the fallout from Don Cherry has been crazy. Like... You know, Mike Babcock, he didn't get fired for anything that Don Cherry did, but, you know, just the, the, the hockey culture as a whole is really starting to put on, on, a, on a microscope and, you know, kind of started with the, with the Mitch Marner story. And then now yesterday, you know, Bill Peters, that story gets leaked out there and uh, he's under the, the, the microscope. So we'll, we'll, we'll chat about that in just a moment. We're also going to chat about how the NHL is kind of correcting itself. Right. Which I found really interesting. You know, at the beginning of the year, you had a lot of these teams that you expected to do well, kind of really get off to a, a rough start, and then vice versa. You had some teams that were poor get off to great starts, and and they're starting to fall back now. So we'll we'll chat about that, and then we'll chat about some of the suspensions that we've seen throughout the week. But uh, you know, the most pressing topic as of late, I think, is this whole Bill Peters thing. Um, and if you're unfamiliar with the topic, uh, essentially what what occurred is is uh, Akeem Aliou, who um, he was a second round pick back in two thousand and nine, I believe. Two thousand, yeah, I think it was the early two thousand. He must have been. He was a couple years. He was a year or two yeah. after Tavares's draft. Yeah. Uh, so a uh, second round pick, and essentially what happened was he went to AHL Rockford in his first pro season, and uh, he's now alleging that Bill Peters used some racial slurs. Um, directed towards him, I suppose, uh, in reference to the type of music. And this is what Akeem uh, Aliou is alleging happened. He had to sit down with, with uh, Frank Saravalli of TSN. There's a story out there on TSN.ca that you can go and read uh, to get the kind of the whole gist of it. But uh, just to read a quick quote about what he said um, to Peters, he said, quote, He walked in before a morning pre-skate and said, Hey, Akeem, I'm sick of you playing that N-word shit. Alou told TSM with Peters, who was then uh, the Ice Hogs head coach, referring to Alou's selection of hip-hop music. Quote, he said, I'm sick of hearing this N-word effing other N-words in the ass stuff. And then he walked out as if nothing ever happened. You could hear a pin drop in the room. Everything went silent. I just sat down in my stall and didn't say a word. Um, Yeah, you can't do that. No. And Um, just real quick, a couple uh, of teammates of LU back in Rockford, uh, Simone Pepin and uh, Peter MacArthur, independently came out and corroborated LU's allegations, which is, you know, I'm kind of surprised that Calgary hasn't quite yet fired him. Like, he hadn't cut bait. Yeah, no, it's not great. Um, I think the most troubling thing for me out of all, uh, out of this specific example, is I bet Bill Peters doesn't even know what he did wrong, which I think is the most troubling thing. You think? Because you know, you know how Alou, Alou was, he kind of alluded to the fact that Peters never apologized, he never acknowledged it, right? Like, he, he mentioned that. Yeah. I bet, I feel like Bill Peters doesn't even know what he said was wrong. Like, had he just said, can you turn this garbage off? There would be no, there would be no heat. There would be nothing going on. But yeah, the fact, but he didn't. <laughs> but he didn't. But he didn't. And that's not okay. You can't say that. It's not only is it 2019, but it's not 1921 anymore. Like Jesus Murphy, man. Like you can't just, you can't just say that to a person yeah. for any reason whatsoever. Um. So as of now, at least the morning of uh, Wednesday. What's today? November 28th. 27. He hasn't been fired yet. Uh, I expect this is going to come. Like, I don't see how Calgary can let this guy back on the bench. Uh, they have a game tonight in Buffalo, and Jeff Ward, their associate coach, is going to be uh, coaching them. Yeah. Uh, he's going to be the, the de facto head coach, I guess, on the night. 
Um, but you, you know what? Something that I found interesting about this whole thing is that Calgary is really taking the brunt of it, and they're the ones who are kind of launching the investigation and trying to figure out what happened. Yeah. Which I find interesting and kind of unfair, to be quite honest with you. Like, I understand that Bill Peters is currently coaching Calgary, which, if you want to link it, be like, oh, you know, how could they employ such a terrible human being? Um, I mean, they didn't know about this stuff, obviously. I don't think this is something that Bill Peters came out and explicitly (laughs) said, yeah, I'm a racist, I don't like listening to rap music and all that kind of stuff. Could you imagine the interview process with Bill Peters? if Like... Hey, what's your what's your impression on uh, on hip hop music there, Bill? Oh, I I hate that. Oh, like, exactly. Oh my god, dude! Exactly. Like that'd be insane. So, that'd be so funny. I, well, not funny, but like, it's an extreme example. But like, it's just like it just goes to show how the world isn't where you think it is. Yeah. Yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like where I kind of feel like like I don't know. I'm kind of glad this stuff's coming out because it, it just shines a light on how. There is still problems out there, right? Uh, and the fact that people are just talking about them and getting it out there and talking, like, I think that's good. I think it's good to let people know that it's a thing, that it's a thing, right? For sure. And but what I find interesting more so is just the fact that Calgary's taking it head on when you know these alleged incidents happened elsewhere. Yeah. Like the this, Michael Jordan this, one. This happened. Well, Jordan. this one happened in in uh, in Chicago in Chicago's HL affiliate in Rockford. And then, you know, th- yeah, there was a second incident that, that came out. M- Mikhail Jordan, uh, not Michael, Michael Jordan. Jordan. Michael Jordan of the NHL, right? Yeah, Mikhail Jordan came out <laughs> saying that, uh, you know, he's not as surprised. And, you know, he said that Bill Peters used to used to kick them while they were on the bench and he even punched one of the players uh, who decided to stay anonymous. Um, but, you know, it... They're alleging that that this happened. So that's another second separate incident uh, regarding Bill Peters and his abuse. So, you know, not only is he verbally abusing some of his players, he's physically abusing some of these players out on the bench. Um, And just, I don't understand why any of these organizations aren't taking any flack for this, why they're not launching their own investigations, why the NHL isn't launching a big investigation to see if this is happening, you know, all around, across the board. Yeah. Because I guarantee you it's not. I mean, Mark Crawford, a couple of years ago, uh, who was it? It was, oh, man, uh, Brent Sopel came out on the Spitting Chicklets podcast and literally talked about this exact thing happening, how he used to kick and punch and scream and call them wussies and, you know, not wussies, but something a little more vulgar and extreme than that. Uh, but, but used to do all that kind of stuff, verbal and physical abuse out on the bench, and no one kind of batted an eye about it when he talked about it, yeah. which is interesting. But now a year later, it's 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 become a prevalent talking point. Sign of the times, man. Like, yeah, people, for sure. Like, if, like 2019 is the year of people going on Twitter and being a hero. I mean, yeah. I mean that. I mean, there's nothing wrong with it, for the record. I don't. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. It's just like people just kind of go on and vilify everybody these days. It's it's cancel culture, right? Like 2019 is the year of cancel culture, man. It's right. it's a little like it's a little bit ridiculous, but I get it. Like they're right, but it's just like maybe tone it down a little bit. Like I don't necessarily want to hear about it every day, but if if you need to, you can, but at the end of the day, I don't really care what Joe Blow says on Twitter about <laughs> This Bill Peters incident. Oh, I think he shouldn't be fired. I can't believe they or I can't believe they haven't fired him yet. Like there's there's stuff going on, obviously that the public isn't aware of. You know what I mean? Like they're just hearing the story and they're like, oh, why hasn't anything been done yet? And they're not even like acknowledging the fact that there's like research that they have to do. Right. Like there's a there's an investigation going on. It's not like they're actively doing nothing. I get that. No, you know what I mean? But I but I just I don't see how. Even if they find that Bill Peters is is like this story was overblown and that's not quite how things went down, which at this point it's been corroborated by multiple witnesses. I I, I don't get the sense like I this is probably what happened. It does it does uh, seem like it. For whether sure. or not it's kind of how you know Peters intended it intended it to be, um, you know, a racial remark or whatnot. It doesn't matter. The fact is that it he was. said the words and he said it in the way, in the tone, in the manner that he said it. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, it's going to cost him his job. I just don't see why 
he's it's taking so long to be quite honest with you like i i really don't i i don't know why i went to sleep last night with bill peters still the head coach of the calgary flames because again it's not just this isolated incident he there's there's more and i'm sure other players might even come out and say yeah no like he was kind of a dick too like like we talked about with babcock yep tons of there's tons of scenarios uh, Mike Commodore came out and said, "All oh, you know, yeah. this guy's a terrible human being. He does all this stuff." Yada yada. Even yada. Chris Chelios. Chelios even, hated him. Even one of Badcock's favorite players of all time, Henrik Zetterberg, wasn't particularly fond of well, him. Well, no, I mean, I think like you were saying, Carlo Coliacmo came out and yeah. said that the team literally like was trying to petition to get the Red Wings to fire Babcock back in the the Lidstrom. Datsuk and Zetterberg days. Yeah, apparently they're the spearheads, but it, it, that's like when they were winning cups, going to the cup finals against Pittsburgh. Like that, though, those were the times that we're talking. And about those are here. Babcock's boys. Like when you when you hear Babcock talking about players around the league, he compares them to the Zetterbergs, Lidstroms, and I don't want to go down Datsuk, a rabbit right? hole. I don't want to go down a rabbit hole of of, of um, Babcock here. It's more so just to, to point out that you know, there's there's. A league-wide problem here. Oh, yeah. And I don't think it's just Babcock and Bill Peters. Oh, no. I think we're going to get a lot more stories coming out. And uh, not only just in hockey, but in sports in general. Yeah. Like, like I think that this is going to become kind of like like the Me Too movement of sports, in a way. Yeah. It it does kind of feel like that. Yeah. It, it It feels like there's a... This specific week has felt like there's been a, a seismic change and the way sports are starting to run. Like, even, like, the bringing in of Sheldon Keefe. Like, that kind of that kind of symbolizes something a little bit more to me than it actually than just changing the coach. You I know think, what I mean? No, I, I agree with you. And I think it's the fact that hockey's evolved, or the world is evolving. Yeah. And hockey isn't evolving as quickly as the world is yeah no 100 dude and this is kind of a way of you know we're going to talk about the nhl correcting itself in terms of standings but how about culturally this is the way the nhl is correcting itself culturally as well yeah right (laughs) true like this is a way that you know without starting over i guess we can get to closer to where we need to be by by uh you know saying no enough is enough we can't we're not going to stand by this stuff don cherry you have to go you know, Babcock. No, you're you're an asshole. Uh, your 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 style of coaching, uh, your hard headedness, uh, and inability to be innovative adapt. and adapt, adapt yeah. is is dinosaur like. You're no longer an effective coach. You gotta go, Bill Peters. You know, you are an old school, you know, racist bigot. You gotta go. Yeah. So there's gonna be some more of this stuff. However. I think where does the line get drawn though? And that's the question that we need to ask ourselves. Because you know, the genie's out of the bottle right now and we're going to get a whole bunch of, you know, horror stories pouring in. Yeah. And it's going to shed some light on 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 sports as a whole and on some people that we loved. Yeah. Like there's going to be some guys who who may have been beloved coaches in the past or been revered at least for the success that they had in the league. Or, you know, even sports in general. And, you know, somebody might come out with a story that's uh, not going to paint a pretty picture. Yeah. I, and, you know, whatever. That's the... As they should, because it's... They did the action. The way I... But at what point, like, is... is are we going to draw a line? Like, okay, like, that's... Yeah, that sucks, at, but at it's, some it's point, not worth dragging someone through the mud Exactly. That's, long what, after. that's the point I was to make. At some point, you're going to... You have to be able to take, like, a coach is allowed to be angry with a player. They're allowed to yell at their player. Right. They're like you. You're allowed to do that. Like at some point, it's not abuse, right? But like, I I get I get with the extreme examples. Sorry, I get with the extreme examples. <laughs> just yelling nonsensically. <laughs> I'm just like I get with the specific examples going on right now, where like those are obviously bad. Yeah. But at some point, when you're in the doghouse of a coach. If you're you're a player like let, for example let's say William Nylander and Babcock's uh, and Babcock's doghouse from that for by all accounts there could be something more but it just kind of seems like Nylander was in his back when it was in, it was in his doghouse right um, Babcock yells and screams at Nylander all the time that's not necessarily abuse 
He just doesn't like what he sees. Like, at some point, a coach can tell you he doesn't like what you're doing. Yeah. He can yell at you, and he can be like, hey, you need to do this if you want to play. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you can't... And I hope it doesn't go down... I hope this this kind of stuff doesn't go down that route a little bit, because I think that's that's probably the line for me. Like, the extreme stuff, absolutely get that out there. Shine Like, let people know that this guy did this horrible thing. Because they should know. You should know that somebody did something horrible. Right. But at the end of the day, yelling and screaming at a player isn't horrible. I agree. Um, all right, and on that note, uh, we'll, we'll move on here and talk about the NHL kind of correcting itself. Uh, I kind of teased it a little bit how we were going to go about this, uh, but... You know, the first couple of weeks, I think everybody was in a bit of a tizzy because Tampa was at the bottom of the standings. <laughs> yeah. The Sharks were at the bottom of the standings. Dallas was at the bottom. Toronto wasn't doing too well. And uh, here we are, you know, uh, just over a quarter way through the season. And we're starting to see, you know, the, the ship being righted a little bit. Oh, yeah. Where they're correcting themselves a little bit, which I find very interesting. So a couple of teams who I think uh, were, were kind of doing, doing horrible to start the year. Uh, that are kind of picking it up now, picking up some steam. Tampa, Toronto, Dallas, they're on an absolute tear. Um, well, da- Dallas started the year 1-7-1, one, and, one, and now they're second in the Pacific. Well, I think they're... they're oh, no, they're in the Central, aren't they? They're, yeah, they're in, the, in the Central, yeah. yeah. Now and they're then, second in the Central. Yeah. Like, they, they've totally figured it out. <laughs> well, it's funny, because they're 8-1-1 one, one in their last 10. Uh they almost went on a... They had their seven-game winning streak snapped last night. If they would have won their eighth, that would have been a franchise-high eight straight. Uh, but unfortunately, weren't able to do that. They got shut out by the Blackhawks. Um, but, you know, Dallas... The funny thing about this is this is kind of exactly what happened last season. They were playing yeah. they were playing bad, and then they got called out by upper management, and then they kind they of turned, turned their season around. They turned it on. And the exact same thing happened again this year. Except I believe it was Montgomery, their coach, that called out his big boys. He didn't Did he? say it by name. Yeah, you didn't hear oh, about no, that. No, I didn't. I didn't hear about that. Yeah, name. he didn't say it by. Was it Montgomery or Jim Nill? I'm pretty sure it was Montgomery though. Uh, didn't say by name, but he said, you know, like our number one center and 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 our, our leaders aren't scoring, and you know, that, once they get going, we'll we'll be better. But they got to be better themselves. And ever yeah. since then, they've been on a tear. That doesn't make sense though. Like to start the year, like. Wasn't Radic Faxo like their leading scorer for a while? I think. Uh, or was it not Rupe Faxo? Hint. No, it Rupe, Hint. Yeah, Rupe I always Hint. get them mixed up for some reason. I, know, I don't me know too. why. I don't know why they're, they're they're a very similar player to me. <laughs> Great players. Yeah, they're good players. They're very good players. It just like Rupe Hints was like leading the like he was scoring like every game. Yeah. And they're just losing because he's the only player. Like if you have if Rupe Hints is the only player on your team scoring. That's not a recipe for success. No, he's he's a great secondary option, but yeah. you need to have that first line player out there producing. Yeah. And that's not what they were getting done. And now Tyler Sagan has, has turned it on, and he's doing really well. Uh, and Jamie Ben, I think Jamie Ben, and I, I kind of want to get to your thoughts on this. I don't think he's done, but is he no longer the star player that he once was the prototypical the prototypical power forward in the nhl well at one point because for a while he was the prototypical power forward in the nhl right well not only that but i won't he was didn't he lead the league a few years ago in points like it wasn't even that long yeah ago. but that was also like about three ba- years to be fair that was a really bad year of scoring no i get that but like, like he least, barely had over a point a game that year yeah i get that but like he's a guy who i think we were this was yeah back in 2014 Fourteen, fifteen. Then he only have like eighty-seven points. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but still, you know, he's somebody who I who I pegged to be a point per game guy, uh, and he kind of was that for for a lot of his career, um, at least through kind of the last, you know, since he became the captain of the Dallas Stars. Uh, but recently, the past couple of years, seems like last year he really took a step down, and then this season now he's only averaging half a point per game. He's on a forty-one point um, projection here. Like, is this the new Jamie Ben? Like, is it the might, game kind of too slow for him now? It might be. He he's never he never was particularly a fast player. Like, really, he, he never was. He's, just, he's always been strong. And no, like, but the game st- is still a lot different. Yeah. Right? Like, you even look at a guy like Corey Perry. Like, back when, you know, he had his year in 14-15 when he ended up winning um, the, the Art Ross... I think Corey Perry also had a pretty good season that year, and yeah. he was still an effective player. 
But now in 2019-2020, you know, the game's just, it's changed so much, it's just he can't, well, yeah, he hasn't caught up. Is well, Jamie Benn in the same boat? In, 20, in, in the 2019 NHL, it's, it, 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 I think there isn't really the, like, the transition has happened now. Like, you know what I mean? Where, like, over the last couple of years, there's kind of, they've kind of been phasing in the younger players, and, like, they've been trickling in, but now all the young superstars are here. Yeah. Like even like even, like all of like the last couple of years, the drafts haven't been as quite as strong as like the McDavid drafts or the Matthews drafts and a couple of them beforehand where they had the super superstars at the top. Like even like Jack Hughes, Nico Heischer, those guys aren't like top tier, premier like elite players. I think we've hit that wall of player coming into the NHL and now they're NHLers. You know what I mean? Where the, those players have shifted the game to the point where it's all about speed, puck possession, skill, where Jamie Benn specifically doesn't necessarily have all of those tools. Like, he has the skill, the strength, the ability to score. It's just, like, the game has has definitely... So what I'm saying is the game, the game, changed, the game changed in the minor leagues. Yeah. And it's now getting there because those players who kind of change the game are finally in the NHL and they're the top stars. And 100%. now the NHL is at that point. Hundred percent. Okay. That's what that, I mean. That's what I think. It would make sense. Yeah. No. It's a it's a, it's a good theory. I think that you know you can certainly make that argument. Um, th- this year too is, is supposed to be a really good deep draft. Like. Yeah. This year. This year is a little bit better. You can go like 10, 15 deep. Like this is supposed to rival. And the McDavid draft, obviously, you know, I don't think Lafreniere is McDavid per se, but when you look at the depth of the draft, like, if you have a, a pick in the first round, you're going to get yourself a really good player. Like, if you have any sort of lottery pick, you're going to get a really good player to kind of cement yourself and help your team uh, in the future. Uh, a couple other teams that I think have, have done a really good job, too, getting back up in the, into the race. San Jose, they start off the year horrible. They're a wild card spot right now. They're nine and one in the last ten. I'm not nine sold. One. I, I'm actually not sold on. How San are you Jose. not sold on a team <laughs> not, that has won nine not, in the last I'm ten not, games? I'm not sold on San Jose. I I really don't trust Martin Jones. Like I, as much as like I can, you can if they had somebody in goal that wasn't Martin Jones or Arundel, you could you could sell me. I think they're just on a hot streak. They kind of remind me of last year's Buffalo Sabers. No. Yes, they do. They look 100% at the, but look at the team. They're so much more skilled than the Sabres. Is like, there, though? What do you mean, is there? Is there, though? Their top line is like Timo Meyer, Kevin LeBanc, and Logan Couture. That's a pretty good line, but it's not It's not a top line. That's not a, that's not a legit number one line. That's no, Like, would you want to play Logan Couture, Kevin LeBanc, and Timo Meyer up against Patrice Bergeron, David Pasternak, and Brad Marchand? I mean, I don't know no, if I would consider wouldn't. that the top line when you have... Another line that has Evander Kane, Thomas Hurdle, on it. So I mean, would you want that line to go head again, head to head against the Boston Bruins? No, I'm not saying that the Boston Bruins, but I still think that they're a playoff team. They're not the Sabers. The Sabers were barely an well, NHL team last year. I think they're. I think they're the Sabers. I think they're going to fall off cliff. No, I unless think they unless they magically Dude, look, trade listen, for a goalie. Listen to these players, man. Look how deep this team is. Lone Couture, he's got 25 points. Evander Kane, he's got 21 points. Thomas Hurdle, Brent Burns, Eric Carlson, Demo Meyer, Kevin LeBanc, Barkley, Goodrow's pumping out a pretty good year. They got Patrick Marlowe back in the fold. You know, Joe Thornton's obviously not what he used to be, but he's still an effective player in the limited minutes that he could play. Obviously. Defensively, that's their biggest, or um, goaltending, that's their biggest downfall. And if they can somehow find a way to get themselves a goaltender, whether it's via trade or in free agency or whatever they can do, I know they're up against the Caps, which is going to be a little tough. Uh, but I think that this team can still get it done. I think they're still good enough and deep enough. And I mean, realistically, they're kind of like they have to be competitive because the contracts that they have are long term, and these are older players only getting older. So they have to compete. That, they have to get there. That's like, part of the reason that I that I'm not sold on San Jose. It's because I don't think they have any long term. They don't. They don't have any longevity. That's like, that's fine. All I they they need, I'm any... just talking about this year though. Like okay, I'm not talking about three but, years from now. Okay, but this year I don't think they even have a shot. Like I think there's, I think there's much better teams. At the beginning of the year, you thought that San Jose was not a playoff team. 
Did I? I think so. I don't I don't think I thought they were a playoff team. I thought they were going to miss. Yeah, I'm going to say that. I thought they were going to miss. I think you're very much mistaken. Who knows? Maybe they're the maybe they're this year's St. Louis Blues to me. Remember last year when I think they're more likely to be the St. Louis Blues than the Buffalo Sabres. Remember last year in like December when I went on record and said that the St. Louis they Blues tear are it down. <laughs> they should trade Petrangelo and tear it down, and they went on to be the best team in the NHL in the new year and won the cup. Yeah. So why do I even have you on the podcast? Clearly, your opinions. I literally are... know nothing. <laughs> nothing. Um, yeah, Maple Leafs and, and, and Tampa's another team that's that's turned it around. What do you think is the reason for their turnaround there? I don't know. They're just playing like Tampa. <laughs> I, well, like that. I, I don't know if there's anything more. Like I don't even know if there's anything more than that. It's just I mean, they're playing like Tampa. Yeah, I, but I think it's it was just weird that a team so skilled was playing so poorly to start the year. Though, like I don't quite understand why they were so bad to start the season. Uh maybe they were. Uh, uh, this is random hype, random conspiracy here, but maybe they were just pretty bummed after getting swept by Columbus in the first round I don't of the think playoffs. It's random. I think a lot of people are coming up with that theory, but I don't know. Like, I, I feel like that would pretty much, like, that would probably shake your confidence a little bit, right? You're the you you're, you had the most points in like what the last twenty five years? They last year last season they had the most points in like the last twenty five years or something. Yeah, like something ridiculous like that, and they got swept well, in the since first the 90, round. Ninety five Red Wings, Detroit Red Wings. Yeah. yeah. Um. I, I couldn't imagine how how that would hurt <laughs> like that it'd be like, like if you're you're expect like you at that point you expect to win the cup like you you you're like oh we're the best team we can do this to get swept by a team like Columbus the eighth seed in the East that's not a good look it like I couldn't imagine it was great you know who's having a heck of a year on Tampa right now that I'm so thankful that I took him in my fantasy draft Kevin Shattenkirk. I totally forgot he was in Tampa. So he, I remembered him signing there, and I was like, oh, where? I, I forgot he was there. Well, so Shattenkirk's a player who got bought out by the New York Rangers and signed a pretty cheap deal to go to Tampa because, of course, they're Tampa. Doesn't he make like 700K? I don't think it's quite that cheap. I think it might be like one point something. <laughs> um, but regardless, 17 points in 21 games for Shattenkirk so far. No, he's, he was always, he's always been a good defenseman. Just the Rangers didn't, didn't work out in the, with the Rangers for him. Well, I just think that the Rangers were hoping that he'd come in and be a top-pairing guy, and he's, he's not, not that. So if he can just go out there and, and, you know, play on the power play and, you know, chip in some, some secondary points on the defensive end, yeah. I think that's where he's best used at. And when he's not being relied upon to be the number one shutdown guy like Victor Hedman is, who's also averaging over a point per game, um, you know, I, that helps him out a lot, and I think that's helped him out this season. So he got off to a really, really good start. Um, Braden Point, though, he's kind of struggling this season. Uh, I think everybody was expecting for him to really break out after last year. Um, just, you know, eight goals in 21 games, 15 points it's in fine. 21 games. Um, sorry, seven goals in 18 games. 15 and 18 games. It's not the worst. I mean, I think... No, but he, it's, he I was expecting had, a lot more. He also missed, like, most... Of, didn't he only play one preseason game? Did he even play a preseason game? No. His first, a, his first game was the, with the Leafs, against the Leafs in the season, like, regular season. Really? Like game three or four or something like that, yeah. He oh, missed the first three games. Oh, did he really? I didn't know that. Oh, wasn't he hurt, though? Didn't he get hurt? Yeah. Oh, okay. I was going to say, like, I, I know there was the holdout, and then yeah, I know... Yeah, he signed, and then he got I, hurt. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I kind of forgot about that, but... Yeah. I think he's just trying to catch up to speed, and I think maybe, maybe I think he's starting to is he is he, he's probably starting to catch up to speed now. I think it's a very it reminds me a little bit of Nylander's thing from last year. Oh, nothing like Nylander. <laughs> that was horrible. Um, but obviously, to less extreme because I think Braden Point's a way better player. <laughs> let's talk about some of the teams that were doing really, really hot and have kind of fizzled out now. Uh, who are a couple of teams that come to mind for you? I know Buffalo. Is one of those teams. Buffalo, Montreal. Montreal, yep, they're one of those teams. Um, Vancouver a little bit. Uh, they're kind of sticking around in the race, but, you know, they're 3-6-1 and one in their last 10. Um, Anaheim, they started off pretty good. They're back down now they're uh, in the Anaheim. bottom. Now they're back to being Anaheim. <laughs> uh, uh, that might be a little bit. That might be it in terms of yeah, I think those were the teams, were those are the teams that, that come to my that come to mind as teams that overachieved early on. Yeah, I think. I did, like. I think like, everyone else is pretty much where they should be. Does anybody 
does anyone on that list do you think end up kind of picking it back up and and making a push for the playoffs? Well, there's an, if there's any team on that list that that's going to make a run, it's probably Montreal. I think they're probably the best team. Actually, not even I think I, they are the best team out of those four. Um, I think Vancouver has a shot too, though. Like Vancouver could easily make the playoffs. The Pacific Division isn't great, um, especially Vegas playing so poorly. Yeah, I think I still I actually still believe Vegas turned around. I think they're pretty good. I think you think they'll, they'll correct themselves. I think they'll correct themselves. I think they're they're due to correct themselves. I don't even think the Leafs have corrected themselves fully yet. I think they're on the way, but I don't think they've done it yet. I, I mean, we kind of got into the whole Bill Peters thing without actually discussing how Calgary as a team is doing. But they're not doing bad, and Bill Peters actually pretty much had one foot out the door before all this went down anyways, which <laughs> yeah. is another reason why it's I so think weird. It kind of it kind of feels to me like Roger Living was pretty much ready to pull the trigger like yeah. this week regardless of, of the allegations that are coming out. Definitely. Uh, but, you know, they're a team that's on the outside looking in. Are they somebody you expect to kind of correct themselves, or do you see deficiencies that are legitimate in this team that's causing them to not be in a playoff position. I see deficiencies. I think they're not a deep team at all. Their defense is really good. Riddick's okay. Like, he's an okay goalie. Um, Beyond, I don't think he's very good. I think he's okay. I think I, that's another doubt. I don't think he's I anything think he's cool. special. I, he kind of reminds me of Martin Jones, actually. He's, he reminds me of Martin Jones. But um, their depth on their forwards in particular is, is non-existent. <laughs> like, beyond Kachuk, Goudreau, who's not having a good year... And Monahan, and maybe I'd include Backlund in there. I think Backlund's always been a very good player, but um, other than that, they don't really have a lot of options. They have Milan Lucic playing in their top nine, and Milan Lucic still hasn't scored a goal. <laughs> I saw like a I saw like a a gif on an NHL gif the other day where Milan Lucic like ran into the net. They're like Milan Lucic finally got one past the line or something. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> And just him crashing in the net. It was really funny. That is funny. That's <laughs> quite funny. Um, any other teams that you think might right themselves here that are kind of off to a bit of a slower start or haven't fallen back quite yet? They're still kind of just chugging along the way that they were. I don't. I think we kind of picked up uh, picked everyone up. I think Florida actually is another team that started yeah, Flor- off a little Florida's slow. Yeah, Florida's starting to figure it out. And they're figuring it out. You and know, I they- think... I think they actually have a real good shot if Bobrovsky can actually figure it out, too. Well, that, that, that's my right? point that I was going to make. Bobrovsky, he started off really poor, which is why the and Panthers even, did. But offensively, you know, this team, not just offensively, but, like, their depth at the forward and defensive position is, they're a team. like, they're a great team. They're a good team. A great team. So, you know, Florida, if they, if, and you got to assume that the goalie that they paid $10 million for. Is going to figure it out. Is going to figure it out. So once that does happen, look out. I mean, I... I expect them to finish in a divisional spot. I expect them to be super competitive uh, here for um, this year and for a lot, many years in the future. I, I don't act, I don't see them finishing in a divisional spot. I feel like you don't. I, no, but I think they can compete for one. I think they could be in the in the running for it. I don't think they'll get it, but I think they could. Like if I don't know if they beat Tampa a bunch or the Leafs a bunch, I could see Tampa or the Leafs falling into the wild card spot. I mean, I guess the Leafs are on the outside looking in still right now. But so is Tampa, technically. So, uh, Tampa's still on the outside looking I guess Montreal's in that third spot then, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I can see I mean, Montreal. I mean, by a point. But. Yeah, I see Montreal falling out. I think Florida can compete for one of those two spots. I, I think it's possible. I just I, I have more faith in... I have more belief in Tampa in Toronto. And that, I think that's just like, they've done it before. Right? Tampa too. They've got like three or four games in hand on most teams. Yeah, I don't know why. They what? haven't played at all. It's so weird. <laughs> I think that's also part of the slow start for Tampa too, right? They haven't really had a chance to get to going. get going. Yeah, <laughs> like true, they haven't. They're, they're not in the thick of things. Very, very true. All right, uh, real quick, talking about Tampa. Let's move on and talk about some of these suspensions. Uh, Eric Chernak, the latest to get suspended. Uh, he, I guess it was, it was a kind of an elbow it was kind of an elbow to the head on rasmus dahlin uh the other night in buffalo who is out with a concussion now by the he way. is now out with a concussion um what did you think of the hit he got two games for it did you think that that was deserving of two games what are your thoughts on it um this one's kind of tough 
Like, I think at the end of the day, if you get an elbow to the head, that should be a suspension. Even even given the circum, because I, I don't think it was that. I don't think it, for the. I don't think the play was that malicious. Like I think it was more or less just an accident. Yeah. But the thing is, it did happen, right? Where I think because it happened and it resulted in a concussion to one of the NHL's premier, I'm using air quotes, premier talents. Um, I think that has some impact on whether it's a suspendable hit or not. And I think that was probably the difference between a one and two game suspension as well. Yeah, I, I think uh, if you're okay with the one game, which I am, you should be okay with the two game. Uh, but I thought two games was a little much, just because I felt like the way I don't know from watching the play, it didn't seem like he was necessarily targeting the head. Oh no, no, I don't think so at all either. It, it, it seemed incidental to me. Yeah, which is where you know I get the problem with the second game. But again, not a huge problem. But if I were doing, it, I might give him a game just because he made contact to the head. I'd, ra- I'd, ra- to be honest, I'd rather them over suspend players and under suspend. I, I get that. I get that. I'd but, rather them over suspend. But I'd rather them just suspend them for the appropriate time than o- over suspend. <laughs> right. I like. I don't know. I'd rather. Well, that's the problem with the NHL these days, right? Well, when you have like, one because or two it's so wildly inconsistent yeah. that, like, I'm 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 clamoring at the idea of somebody getting oversuspended for a thing, and like, oh, they actually did something good, something they're trying to change, and then they they pull out the Bortuzzo suspension like it's like it's Christmas Eve, right? And Bortuzzo he got four games for almost decapitating Victor Arvidsson in the back with a couple of vicious vicious cross checks. Um, I thought that was very light, and based on your sentiment, oh, incredibly you light. would think the same thing. I, honestly, for me, that's a minimum 10-game suspension. Minimum. I don't know if I go 10. I thought 8 was, was, was enough. Um, minimum 10 for me. Like, that was that was gutless, to be honest with you. Like, it was a gutless play. Well, if you watch the whole thing, essentially what happens is he cross-checks Arvidsson into the neck, gets a penalty, looks at the ref, says, are you kidding me? And then looks back at him, sees that he's still on the ground, and says, I'll, well, show, I'll show you a cross-check. I'll show you a penalty. <laughs> you want to give me a cross-check and call? I'll make it worth it. Gives him a couple of mean whacks to the, like, kind of where the tailbone I is, think, where you don't have a lot of padding, no, and I now know. we know Victor Arvidsson's out four to six weeks. Like, that was malicious and vicious. He could have broke his spine, man. Could have. Like, he could have, you could have broke that guy's <clears throat> neck and spine. Like, that would have been, that, that was a malicious, gutless play. That is a play that was not needed, where I think we look at the Kerfoot and the Chernak plays, those kind of happen within the game of hockey. Yeah. Right? Whereas They're this, not great plays, but they, they, they can happen. Well, they're they're just, they're within the game, right? Yeah. Like, these are, someone's trying to lay a check against somebody else who something has goes the puck wrong, right? or just had the puck, and something goes wrong. Whereas Bortuzzo just flat out, had, there was no reason for it, just gave a couple of big whacks to uh, who who did he hit again? Uh, Arvidsson. Arvidsson, right? And uh, yeah, just uh, and that's that's what bugs me the fact that it was a, a an unnecessary play. Do you, you know what bugs me the most about that entire play? Bennington. The, no, actually, the Bennington thing does kind of bug me, but I get it. Um, the fact that after the original cross check when he was getting the penalty, he turned to the ref and had the audacity that's what to I said. argue it. Yeah, like what do, you, what do you mean? And then he looked back and then like, he said, what? I'll show you a penalty and gives him a couple more. <laughs> How is that not a better? <laughs> in, what, in what world in Robert Bortuzzo's mind is that cross check directly into the crossbar not a penalty? Oh, like how is that so, how does that piss him off so much to the point where he's like, oh, you know what? I'll show you a penalty because you know what? That first cross check was a pretty mean cross check. Like, yeah. I, I, it's not suspendable, I don't think, the first one, but, like, it was a pretty mean cross-check. Yeah, I would have given him a little bit more. Um, Kerfoot, two games. This one, it's funny, I thought, you know, Chernak should have got it a little less. Bertuzzo should have got a little more. Kerfoot, I think they appropriately suspended. Yeah, I think they got it right with Kerfoot. I, like, I didn't like the hit. I, well, thought, okay. I thought, like, when it before, happened... Hold on, before we get into it, for those who didn't see the hit, it was against uh, the Aaron Colorado Johnson. Avalanche on Saturday night, which happened to be Kerfoot's former team. Uh, and so Eric Johnson, defenseman there, a former teammate of his, a friend of his, he went out and essentially they were kind of both going for a puck in behind the net, and Johnson went to go and, and kind of stop up 
to try and make sure that Kerfoot didn't get to the puck, just trying to maneuver him and position him. And Kerfoot gives him a little bit of a shove, but the shove sends Johnson, who kind of lost his footing a little bit, headfirst into the boards. Luckily, he was able to kind of maneuver himself away so that he didn't go directly head on. He kind yeah. of went side of the head and shoulder, which I think is is lucky because that could have been a lot that worse. That could have been a lot worse. Um, and yeah, he Johnson could have been seriously hurt from that. Um, so a, a boarding hit from behind call. And that's essentially what happened. And uh, Kerfoot was given two games for that. I, I get it. I, like, obviously, that's not a great, that's not a good play from Kerfoot. And I think, I think the, I think he knew that when it happened. Yeah. Like, I think you, you can kind of see it on his face right away when he was going to the box. He's like, oh, my bad, man. Like, well, no, that, like, like you, could, just... you could tell that it was an accident, and it was just, like, but like, this is like he's taking his suspension with. Like, he, he's taking it. He's not going to fight it. He's like, I know I shouldn't have done that. I was stupid. Yeah, 100%. And the fact that it was a good friend of his, I think, makes it even worse. And, and yeah. right away, he knew what had happened because he, like, tried to stop the play. And he's just like, oh, man, like, I'm so sorry. Are you okay? Yeah. Kind of put his hand on him and went down and, and tried to yeah, talk no. to him, make sure that, you know, he's he not, was okay. He didn't go... Because I feel like from Kerfoot's perspective, seeing that play happen... Oh, he thought he, he went thought head he went, first. He could have thought the guy went head first oh, in yeah, the boards. Could, and that... And that could end a career. It could paralyze somebody. Yeah, that could end his career. So, and that's why that's why you have to suspend that play. Like you yeah. can't, you can't let that play go. Well, it's interesting because Jeff O'Neill on overdrive said that he felt that the Kerfoot play was a lot more dangerous than the Bortuzzo play, and he thought that though, if there was one which you know you could rid get out of the game, he said the Kerfoot one is something he would much rather get out. I mean, I. I agree with that point that I think the play is worse. Like it could have a way wor- it could have a worse result, but also it's it was much it was much less malicious. I think that's the that's the point that right. for me at least that really kind of puts the Bortuzzo thing into an into another into another level for me because you can tell Bortuzzo's intent there. Like Bortuzzo had bad intentions where Kerfoot was just like he was just going in to get the play going and it didn't really work out for him the way he wanted um you could see the regret in his eyes you could see that you could see like he understood what he did was wrong and he he learned from it and i think he's going to learn from it where i don't think this this suspension really affects robert bortuzzo's impact on the nhl at all like he he was fine before for the one on brock Nelson. he did the basically the exact same thing to brock nelson a couple of years ago that was also floating around on twitter when uh yeah when this suspension came out it's honestly like a carbon copy the same play that he got fined for and they only gave him four games like come on like that's a repeat offender status if i ever did see in my life like if that fine didn't do it give him the book man like what like what else do you want from him uh all right we'll leave that conversation there and we'll move on here uh let's play some cosign no sign you ready for that yeah you got him ready yeah it's gonna be one second all right (laughs) Uh, This segment is brought to you by BTB Mortgage Solutions. They may not know hockey, but they know mortgages. Visit them online at beatthebankmortgage.ca. Free consultation, no obligation mortgage advice from homeowners themselves. All right, so how the game works, I'm going to make a statement. If you agree, you'll co-sign. If you disagree, you'll no-sign. Got it? Yep. All right, let's play. I'll go first. We will have another coaching change by Christmas Day. Co-sign. It's happening this week. Sorry. <laughs> Bill Peters aside. Okay. I'm, uh, I'm okay. under the assumption that he's already gone. <laughs> Bill Peters aside. Okay. Um, another coaching change. Who's who's underperforming? I think I think Julian could be on. Claude Julian could he's be on, on the hot, hot seat. seat. There was already fired Julian. Uh, I think he could. Chance in he Montreal. He could probably be gone. I, I don't think he'll be gone, but I think there's a there's potential there. Um, John Hines in New Jersey. On Heinz is not very good. <laughs> no, I mean they already sent down the. Honestly, if I'm the Rangers, I'm considering firing David Quinn. <laughs> really? Yeah, I think he's a terrible coach. Dude, he plays yeah. like Capo Capo like 12 minutes a night. What are you rookie. doing? He's easy. No, but Capo Capo deserves to play more than 12 minutes a night on the third. Um, um Brucey Boudreau in Minnesota, maybe. I think I could see that. I, I'm gonna co-sign because I think I think that somebody's probably there's probably somebody. But the the only thing that would hold me back from co-signing 100% would be I don't know who's replacing them, right? You took my point. <laughs> I hate you for it. I'm gonna let everyone know that you took my point. 
And you're going to say, yes, I took your point right now. I took your point. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> so, for me, I think the reason why we're not getting a lot of coaching firings this season is because there's nobody out there to replace him. Because over the summer, we kind of saw a trend happen where a lot of former NHL coaches like Michelle Therrien, uh, Ron Hacks, or um, Dave Hackstall, Mark Crawford, uh, we recently just saw Paul McClain sign on. You know, a lot of these former NHL coaches are signing on to be assistants to, you know, keep themselves on the bench. Whereas in the past, I think a lot of coaches kind of held out and waited for a, a head coaching job to come out in the NHL. And I think now, like, you look around, even when Calgary fires their coach, I think maybe even what might be holding them back from just totally gutting them right now is they're looking around and like, man, who do we have to replace them? Yeah. Like, even if we, like, luckily the Leafs, they had Sheldon Keefe, in, in, you know, waiting. in the yeah. waiting. Like, they knew that they had a coach that they wanted to put in place. So they were like, whatever, we got our guy. Let's just go ahead and pull pull the trigger now. But if Calgary does it or Minnesota does it, doesn't or seem like any, they have their guy. They don't have a they don't have a guy that's like, oh, right? this is an immediate upgrade. Like right? it seems like they all kind of might want to wait till the off season mm-hmm. to see you to know see a any, whole bunch of guys get let go, and it kind of opens up the waiting pool, or they can bring in an that assistant. Kind of switch teams, right? Yeah. There, remember that one year where uh, John Tortorella and Alan Vigneo both got fired from the Rangers in Vancouver, and they just swapped teams. Yeah, that that. <laughs> But I'm, like, I, even even you look at an assistant, like bring, bring in somebody's assistant who's doing really well. You know what I mean? Like a successful team. Like last season, DJ Smith got brought over for, as Toronto's assistant to be the head coach in Ottawa. Look at another successful team. See how you know their systems are going. See if you like another coach. Um, you know, I'm not going to pretend like I know exactly what's going on in the league, but. You know, there's got to be some up-and-coming assistant coaches that can't quite leave their team in the middle of the year. That yeah. would be an attractive option at the end of the season. Yeah. So I think a lot of teams are kind of just, you know, standing pat because there's just nobody else out there that can really, they feel, do the job. Yeah. No, I, that's a good point. I can't argue against it. Like, I'd, that's the only thing that gives me reservation. I think somebody still goes, though. All right. Can you go with my first one? Yep. So the New York line not... Jeez. Uh, the New York, New York Islanders. Lions. The, <laughs> the Lions. New York Lions. The wow. New York Islanders are not a joke and will win the Metro and go on a huge playoff run. No sign. No sign? Well, you put so many in, like, they have to win the Metro and go on a large playoff. I, I, kind, of, like, I kind of meant it in the way that, like, they'll, they'll make it out of the Metro in the playoffs is kind of what I was going for. Because I don't think they'll win the Metro because, like, the Capitals are going to yeah. run away with it still. Do like, you think? I, I don't know. I, I the honors haven't proven any different. Well, I think Washington. Yeah, Washington. Like, what what have you seen out of them that doesn't that makes you feel like they'll fall off a little bit? Like as we sit here well, right now, Washington's well, three points up on the Islanders. Well, the Islanders never lose. Neither <laughs> does Washington. Washington's gone like fourteen straight without losing or uh, eight I, games straight without losing regulation. I, I think. The Islanders have proven they don't lose, so I, I I I think it's more than enough, more than fair to think they can win the Metro. Oh no, it's certainly fair, but I think it's a little bit of a stretch, which is I'm going to no sign it. Okay. All right, for you, my second one, Taylor Hall will still be a Devil past the trade deadline. No sign. Ooh, who do you think? I think a team like St. Louis or Montreal probably has a a real shot at trying to trade for him. Um, if I'm St. Louis, I'm probably I want to upgrade my wingers a little bit. Like, having Taylor Hall in their lineup would really allow them to get like, one more full year out of Petrangelo before he leaves as a UFA. The int- isn't he a UFA this year? Yeah, sorry, like like one more playoff run out of this. Oh, okay, gotcha. Yeah. Um, Montreal could really use a player like Taylor Hall. Yes. Um, and apparently they've been doing a lot of paper transactions, trying to stock up some extra cap space for when the deadline I, rolls by. I can see them making a move for making a push for him. I just... I, I don't know. Maybe maybe it does happen. I think what I, I read something this morning that said like New Jersey wants like a a ready to play NHL defenseman, a first round pick, and then like a prospect. Yeah, that would make sense. Uh, like that's what I've I've heard. Which I don't know if Montreal really has the capital to make that happen. I don't think they have a, a ready to play D prospect or ready to play defenseman except for like Mete maybe. But I, if I'm Montreal, I'm probably not trading Mete. I think they really like him. But I, I would probably trade him if, if I was you can. Them, if you could talk to Taylor Hall's reps and you know see what an extension will look like and if he's interested, then I think I make that deal. Like if you're 
if you can get Taylor Hall and you have to give up Mete, like I think oh, I'm, I'm doing that. If it's Mete a first and uh, another prospect of theirs, like I, yeah, go ahead, make that trade. Like I, I do it 100. percent Maybe not Cole Caulfield, but Maybe any one other one step below. Maybe any, yeah, any any other forward I might give. What up. if it's like uh, who's the who's the guy that got the hat trick in his NHL debut against the Leafs last year? Ryan Paling. Ryan Paling. Yeah, I give it Ryan Paling. Yeah. I think I could see something like that. Yeah. I could see a trade like that working out for them if if that's what they were thinking of. Like that makes sense. Um, All right, uh, number three for me to you. All right, having twenty three goals in twenty four games this season, David Pashnak will be the next guy to score fifty goals in fifty games. Was he at twenty three and twenty four? Twenty three and twenty four. Oh, I don't know. Sign it. That's a lot. Yeah, it's a bit. Of that's a, a lot. That's a lot, man. He just keeps going and going and going. He had a hat trick the other night too, which obviously helps. They get a four goal game at one point this year too. I, but the thing, all the, the the thing with Pasternak for me is that he always he has multi goal games left and right. Like he, I know he's like having he, an unreal year. Unreal year. I think he's close. I think he's going to be the closest to do it since Ovechkin. Probably. I think he hits forty. Forty and forty. Forty and fifty. Forty. Oh yeah, I think guaranteed. I, I, I could. Al- I don't think that's a guarantee. I think that's a lock. I think that's a lock, dude. He, he needs, would still have to be at a goal dude, of game needs, pace. That's goal game pace, dude. They only played twenty five games. That's like thir- seventeen goals in. To go forty and forty, that'd be actually goal yeah. It's like seventeen goals in fifteen games. You're right. Yeah. Okay. Forty and fifty, seventeen goals in twenty five games. I think you can get seventeen goals in twenty five games. Yeah, that's what I think. Yeah, I, if he I, keeps it this, but I don't think he can keep up a goal goal per game pace. That's that's wild to me. I think it's possible. I think he's got a shot, man. Like if if there was, possible. I think if there was a team, a line that can help him do it, he's got the line to help him do it. Yeah, best line in hockey, best trio in hockey. Yeah, for sure, best trio, best oh. line too. I, All right. I, better than McDavid and Drysaitel just playing with Cassian. That's a conversation for another day. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, my third one for you. Kale McCarr will not only be in the conversation Ooh. for Rookie of the Year, Spicy but will also be in the conversation for the Norris Trophy. Who's in the Norris conversation right now? Bah, bah, bah. John Carlson. Hey, it's like Carlson's probably has it locked up. Realistically, because he's having. I, I could. I'm gonna co-sign. I could see him. I could see him getting nominated for the Norris. I like. I could see it. The only thing that I think would hold him back. You're well. Actually, he only said he's in the conversation too, right? It doesn't even. He doesn't have to be nominated. Yeah, like like you, he, like. I, I mean, think he's in the conversation. Top five, I would say. Conversation meaning he, he'd be a top five vote getter. Yeah, I I wouldn't be surprised if he was in the conversation. I would personally, I would put him in my top three right now. But I'm pretty sure the NHL, <laughs> believe it or not, the culture in the NHL wouldn't allow a rookie to be nominated for a Norris. Brandon, <laughs> this guy has 25 points in 23 games. He's a rookie and a defenseman. This is ludicrous. To be fair, he plays on a power play with Nathan McKinnon. I don't care what he does. To be fair, he plays on a power play with Nathan McKinnon. Okay, but okay, so take that away. He has ten power play points, which means he still has fifteen points in twenty three games. At five really on five, good defenseman. He's okay, an but awesome you're saying defenseman. to be fair. I mean, fifteen points that puts him. You know, if you just, I mean, everybody has power play points realistically. Everybody. Why are so you attacking me, dude? Fair. I'm I'm on well, your side. Because you said, well, to be fair, he does play on a power play with blah blah. blah. The dude still, like, even if you took away all his power play points, 15 points in 23 games is still really good. And now that's now you add that 10 points on the on the man advantage, this guy's unreal. I know. He's in my Norris conversation, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I, I would put him personally in the top three. I was offended that you tried to I'm just saying, take away from I'm him. I'm saying hockey, people that vote for hockey, they would be like, oh, rookie defenseman? No thanks. Like, well, what does that have to do with the power play? No, I don't know where I was going with that. <laughs> well, then don't make stupid claims and then get upset. When All right, I let's fight move, back. We're gonna on move it. on. Am I move on? I mean, we're gonna. John Carlson has Nick Backstrom and Alex Ovechkin. We're on gonna the power move on play. to my last one here. All right, and it's along the same lines here. <laughs> Ironically, Nathan McKinnon will win the Hart Trophy this season. Cosign. 
Cosine of the year. Cosine. I think Cosine of the century. You look at the injuries that this team has, and they just keep chugging along. He's turned. Up. He honestly looks better. He looks better without. Well, he's Nico getting a chance, and, and Gabriel. Landis well, he's getting now. a chance to just showcase his skill and how dominant he can be. Yeah, I know. You know, like he's he's turning Burakovsky into a legitimate NHLer. What we all thought that he had the talent to do, but wasn't able to do it in Washington, he's having a killer year this season. Yeah. Did you Even Donskoy, he's he's playing fantastic did, this year. Under Did you see that goal Nathan McKinnon scored a couple weeks ago against Winnipeg, where he he stole which one? Because he scored four goals in that game. He only scored two goals. He oh, scored, different game then. He scored four points. Um, so, oh, sorry. I yeah, he scored four points. points. Yeah. Um, it was the goal where uh, he stole the puck from Donskoy, his teammate, yes. and then got a Give breakaway. Give me the puck. I go score. <laughs> so, <laughs> Donskoy literally just got an assist on a play that McKinnon took the puck from him. Yeah, that was hilarious. I didn't see that. <laughs> I, didn't see that. Um, I was like, dude, that's a baller move. All right, that'll bring a conclusion to the Cosine No Sign segment brought to you by BTB Mortgage Solutions. All right, bring back Fantasy Stock Watch. We got two ups, two downs. Brandon, give me your stock ups. Yeah, so my number one, ironically, considering how much I hate San Jose, <laughs> uh, my number one pick is Kevin LeBanc. Hey, um, He has six points in his last five games. He's playing on a renewed San Jose lineup. I mean, they're hot. Um, I'm not sold on them long uh, term, but I think in the now. Worth a pickup. Uh, another guy I have here is Tyler Johnson. Uh, he's getting power play time in Tampa, like the first power play time now that Sam Coast is injured. I think that's a real, like, long, longevity-wise, again, not maybe the most ideal thing. But this is just for, you know, yeah, like, next week. When if you're we talking have new this players. week, next week, a couple weeks down the line, Tyler Johnson might be worth it because Tampa's starting to figure it out, and he has a real shot on the power play. Uh, for me, I have Jared McCann. He's only 43% owned. Does a little bit of everything. He can play wing. He can play center. And with Crosby out, he's getting a chance to you know, do a lot of things. He's getting some power play time. Um, so Jared McCann's one to go pick up. Oliver Bjorkstrand of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Only 6% owned, but he's riding a four-game point streak. He's got seven points his last four games, and he's scoring as well. And he also likes to lay the body a little bit. So Bjorkstrand, someone... To go ahead, keep an eye on, and maybe go pick him up if you're in a bit of a deeper league. I actually really do like Oliver Bjorkstrand. I think he's a good player. Yeah. I've, I've always thought he's a good player. Uh, stock downs. Uh, for me, number one, you know, Niederreiter. Yep. Uh, had a real tough year. I mean, he, he is starting to score a little more now, but I, I think it's not really worth it. He doesn't do a lot. He doesn't have a lot of other value beyond scoring, and he's not... He hasn't really done that so far this well, year. Last year he was shooting a lot. He was hitting. And he's not, this season, he's not he's just really not. doing it this year. He's not really fitting in in Carolina. Well, he's been taken off the line with Ajo where yeah, before, think, you know, Svechikov's taken his role that he was playing last year. I mean, to be fair, Svechikov is in that role. Oh, he's unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable, Svechikov. Like, if there was a uh, a sophomore of the year award, I think Svechikov for would, sure. would be getting it. For sure. Uh, this, if this was last year, I would have given him Rookie of the Year. Who's your other one? Um, my other one is Paul Stastny. <laughs> he's, had a, he's had a tough go of it. He only has 11 points this season. He does have seven goals, but in the last month... I was going to say, most of those points came in the first month of the season. In the last month, he has a total of two goals. I'm aware of that. Two points. I'm aware of that, because I have uh, been fantasy. He's a, he's a guy I wouldn't, be, uh, I wouldn't be banking on to get you out of the rudder here in, uh, in fantasy. He does shoot a lot and gets you some face-offs. So depending on, you know, what you need him for, depending on how category dependent you are, I think he's he's somebody who you could drop, but he's also somebody that might be able to, to turn figure his season out. around and figure it out because he is such a talented player. The problem with him is he's not really getting the the minutes. Yeah, for some is, reason he's only it's, playing it's like weird, fourteen though, he, minutes because he has a good line, man. Doesn't are, are do they bump him down? Well, they, uh, do they, they bump him down like to the third line and like put like they must up? have. They must I don't have. know. Because if he's playing with Mark Stone and Patrick like he probably should be. Like I, I don't I don't see a reason he should have two goals yeah. in the last month, right? Yeah. But um, for me, stock down Carter Hutton. God, yeah. he's been awful. Yeah, he's been great. Oh, he's been god awful. Got off to a great start, great start, and he's been so bad. I need to drop him. Like today. Take your own uh, advice. I know. Uh, Yol Armia, another guy, started off really hot. He's really cooled off since. Just two points uh, over the last few weeks. Um, and I think the injuries to Paul Byron and Jonathan Druin have really sunk the offense of this Montreal Canadiens team. And, and Yol Armia is a, a guy who uh, I think is, is kind of 
playing uh, up in the lineup probably a little further than he should. No, I think that he's just he was benefiting from that earlier, just playing with skilled players. And I think now that they're gone, he can't do it himself. He doesn't have the means to do it. No, uh, I don't think he ever really had. Like, no, he, I think he, I think I also think I still think he's a pretty good player, but it, like he doesn't have a lot of fancy value for me. Yeah, that's what I mean. Yeah. So he's somebody who I think you can you could probably drop. And, yeah, uh, to be honest, I drop it like have, it's hot. I wouldn't have had him on my teams. <laughs> no, but a lot of people, because of the hot depends on how start, yeah. you, you go and you get them. I mean, I'm in a 16-team, like, 23-man roster. So, yeah, I, I've, he's, he's rostered. He's rosterable in those leagues. So. Okay. Okay. Um, all right. Uh, any final notes? Any final thoughts that you have? Uh, I, I kind of just hope the NHL starts getting back to playing hockey again if i'm if i'm being honest yeah like it's, it's been, been a, a tough it's, couple it's weeks. been a tough couple of weeks it's been like a lot of doom and gloom i would just i would like for the hawk for the nhl to start getting back to playing like good hawk getting good hockey games going again yeah i agree i don't think um i don't think it's done unfortunately i think we're I still think gonna either. have we're still gonna have a few more tough weeks here not only in hockey again but in the sports landscape, I, I would assume that some stories are, are going to start leaking out here, and it's going to make us give our head a shake. And uh, you know, we'll we'll see what ends up coming of it. There's going to be some fallout, 100, percent and we'll see what ends up happening. Uh, but that's going to do it for us today here on the podcast. I'd like, thank you for listening and supporting the show. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes. You could just search Mickey Mike Show and hit subscribe. You can also Find us on all other podcasting platforms. Uh, follow the show on Twitter at Mickey underscore Mike underscore show. Follow myself at Mickey underscore Canuck. And follow Brandon Cameron uh, at B Cameron 222. B underscore. B underscore Cameron 222. Uh, thank you so much uh, for your patience. It's been a while since we came out and did a podcast. Uh, but we're hoping that we can do one uh, each and every week, Brandon and I. Yep. So uh, stay tuned and listen out for our next podcast. But that'll do it for us today. Thank you so much, Brandon, for coming in. No worries, boys. And thank you for listening to the Mickey Mike Show. <laughs>